Hello, everyone. Welcome, uh, welcome back to Capes and Japes. We're here. It's December. We're, we're getting through it. We're getting stuck in traffic and looking at mall Santas, but we are <laughs> getting through it somehow. My brother-in-law is installing hardwood floor in the living room, so if you hear any construction sounds, uh, t apologies. <laughs> <laughs> house time it's a new house uh, new sounds i have more <laughs> furniture now so that's nice i'm sitting in a chair that, that's good that's good news it's it's important to have things like chairs yes i have a bed great i'm no longer sleeping on an air mattress <laughs> oh when I first moved into my apartment, I was on a mattress on the floor for, like, a month. Now, see, I didn't even get, like, a mattress on the floor. I was in an air mattress. Like, I felt like I was camping. In your own in a, home. In a big, empty house. <laughs> it did not yet feel like my own home, because none of my stuff was in it. It's just some strange house. It's just some just big old empty house. Just me, Raiden, and my sister's dog, Panny. <laughs> um, God. Anyways, um, last week we talked about one of, uh, DC's multiple manhunters. We talked about Kate Spencer, who's probably the most interesting one, just because she is a woman. Um, but... Some of the other Manhunters have done some interesting stuff. Um, the first, the first or second Manhunter, depending on how you want to look at it, is Paul Kirk. Technically, there was another one who was created earlier, but was not part of DC, and then got like, folded into DC, so he was sort of the second Manhunter, but also kind of the first one comics. Um, <laughs> I love the confusing publication history of comics books. I love to learn about it and think about it. Um, but Paul Kirk was the first one created for DC in Adventure Comics. In, uh, 1941. Way back. Way, way back when, baby. Um, and when he was first created, uh, he was just simply a, a cop. Actually, he wasn't even a cop. He was a private investigator <laughs> who worked <laughs> with cops. Cop adjacent. Yeah, he he was essentially a cop, and he was not like he was called referred to as Manhunter in like the title of the book, but he didn't have like he wasn't like oh I'm the Manhunter because he was just a guy named Paul Kirk who just <laughs> solved crimes like normally. Um, Detective Kirk. Yes. Um. And he had a um, recurring sort of uh, feature in the uh, in adventure comics, 
for about a year. And then after he, like, after that, those stories ended, Joe Simon and Jack Kirby started a new Manhunter story with a man named Rick Nelson, uh, who was a literal hunter, like a, a, like a big game hunter in Africa who came back home and <laughs> decided to hunt the most dangerous game. Gods, did they really? Yes. Did they, they do this? this? <laughs> they did this. Specifically hunting criminals and not to kill them, just to arrest them. That, honest, that Rid- terrible. Yeah, no, it's ridiculous. Um, (laughs) You know what? I'm bored. I'm going to be an arm of the carceral state. (laughs) (laughs) I shot all the animals in Africa, and I need a new challenge. Um, So this was was a new set of stories. A new manhunter. His name was Rick Nelson. Um, And... He initially is just hunting criminals with his normal hunting skills, and then uh, eventually his friend is killed by a supervillain, and he gets, like, a costume and, like, starts, like, properly going by Manhunter and becomes more of a, like, full-fledged vigilante. And then... So this was a new story about a different guy, obviously, than the first guy, who was just a private investigator. But after his first appearance, one of DC's editors was like, no, actually, this is the same guy. Oh, no. So they changed the name from Rick Nelson to Paul Kirk. Oh. And were like... Yep, this is his backstory now. So all of that other stuff happened. But also before that, he was a big game hunter <laughs> in Africa. And now he is, his friend died and he has this, this new costume. I hate the man. Yeah. I do not, um, I do not enjoy this man. <laughs> no, ter- terrible man. Terrible man. No good. Throw the whole thing in the garbage. Start over. <laughs> so these are just arbitrarily folded together. That this man was a game hunter in Africa, um, got bored of it, came back to New York, um, decided that the greatest uh, hunt of all is catching criminals, becomes a private investigator, um, and, uh, helps the police catch criminals. Uh, and then his friend is killed by a supervillain named the Buzzard, <laughs> and he gets a costume. Um, this also, like, I don't think this second Manhunter series lasts for super long i think it's the same like about like a a year or like two years and uh joe simon and jack kirby leave after like 
eight or so issues of this and then a different team is uh writing the manhunter stories and he ends up um he joins the uh all-star squadron um which is like a uh a, a, a world war ii era superhero team but the stories were published in like the early eighties, um, but uh, guess they were they, having some nostalgia. Yeah, you know how it is. Um, in this one, they show uh, Paul Kirk meeting Dan Richards, who is the Manhunter that was um, published by Quality Comics, and then Quality was like acquired by DC. So it's just like canon that these two. Separate dudes are both just going around using the name Manhunter while they fight crime. To be fair, it feels like a pretty generic name. Like it wouldn't hold up in court if you tried to sue. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think it would. But it's like they decide to both join separate teams to avoid confusion. So um, Paul Kirk joins the All Star Squadron and. Uh, the other one, Dan Richards joins a team called the Freedom Fighters. Just to <laughs> Just avoid really... confusion. Yeah. Listen, we don't we don't want to get this stuff mixed up. <laughs> Which team is the one that had Manhunter on it? No, no, the other Manhunter. The the, the different one. Um they also um later retcon in like the late seventies in a Steve Englehart Justice League story, uh, they introduce the Manhunters, the robots. Yep. Who are a, um, a legion of space cop robots. They were built by the Guardians of the Universe. They were the pre-Green Lanterns. Yeah, pre-pre-green lanterns, <laughs> and then they were like, mm, um, "Robots were bad, actually. We're gonna just we're <laughs> gonna just abandon these guys and recruit." Yeah. I guess. Yeah, we we made we made a mistake with uh with the robots, and instead of doing anything about it, we're just gonna let them hang out and just completely abandon them. Yeah, <laughs> this will not go poorly for us at all. We're going to let them keep doing whatever they're doing, but we are just going to kind of ignore them and hope it's fine. Um, the Manhunters, the robots, um, get, like, t- apparently get, like, overly fixated on their goal of hunting criminals um, and, like, kind of obsessive about it. Um and the guardians are like, oh, well, that's no good. Let's try again. And the manhunters end up forming like sort of a cult where they go and like recruit people to basically like follow the the manhunter code. Um, there's a a weird like a a weird like circular thing where like initially. They were said to have modeled the Manhunters, like, after, like, a group on Mars. And then the timelines didn't match up. And then they were like, actually, there were a group of Martian Manhunters who 
modeled themselves after the Manhunters, the robots. I don't, um, um, I don't know why they couldn't just be like, oh yeah, no, totally unrelated. It's just a generic name, and it's actually a completely different word on Mars, but translated, this is the closest we can get. Yeah. Like, that seems like the most simple solution to this. It, it really does, but alas, it's comics. Um, so they, they, can't, they can't do that. They can't make things simple. Com- comics are either complete hand wave, don't worry about it, or we are going to give you an answer that nobody needed. Yeah, it's like really like that like homestuck bit like, well, that sure was a mystery that nobody asked for or thought needed solving, but I guess you just solved it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um so once the manhunters are created and introduced I don't know if they were created for this purpose or if, like, at some point they were just like, oh, we have, we gave these robots this cool name, but it's also the name of the one Martian superhero, which I guess that's fine. But then it's also the name of a bunch, a bunch of other superheroes that we have. So, again, it's not that weird for multiple people to come up with the name independently. But they retcon in, they're like, okay, so actually one of the Manhunters, the robots, came to Paul Kirk at some point and recruited him. Uh, So that was where he got, like, they came to him after his friend died, his, like, police officer friend, and was like, oh, we are a secret group dedicated to justice. And your friend was working for us, and we want you to work for us also. Take, uh, take this red and blue costume, and go call yourself Manhunter, and fight crime. I vaguely remember this, so I am like, did they establish this during the Millennium crossover event in 1988? That, I mean, that would make sense. Um... And they all they also establish because they sure are there. The, they sure are there. Um, the same thing happened to the other Manhunter, Dan Richards. But neither of them, like neither of them, are aware that the same thing happened to the other one. And also, neither of them know that the Manhunters are um, evil space robots because they're in disguise. <laughs> and they're like, we are a, we are a normal organization from are, earth are you gonna cover the millennium crossover arc because if not i do want to say a couple things about it absolutely talk about talk about millennium god so millennium is just wild because another thing that they establish is that uh not only did the Manhunters come to earth and have like the cult they also like replaced people with very convincing robots because <laughs> in crisis on infinite earth uh harbinger like collected all this information and j- then was like this is dangerous and just like shot it out into space and the manhunters got it so then they knew the identities of every single superhero on earth oh my god so they're just like okay cool we're gonna go down to earth we're going to, like, replace people's loved ones and, 
like, convince other people to join us. And, like, I can't remember who exactly all got replaced, but I do distinctly remember that they replaced Wally's dad. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> I remember I remember seeing either you sent me some panels of this or you posted them in the Discord cuz yeah. it was whack. It was buck wild. Um and the millennial the millennium arc was about like oh one of the Owens like comes down and he's like I'm going to choose a certain number of people to become something more. And the Manhunters are like, we are absolutely going to wreck your shit. <laughs> We're gonna get these guys. Um, if you remember Extraño, the one, what of one of DC's few gays. He was introduced during. I'm pretty sure this is where he was introduced. Um, and they never said that he was gay, uh, but he was extremely coded, flamboyant, and he named himself the Spanish word for strange. So, you know. <laughs> you yeah. get it. Yeah. Um, God, Millennium was wild. Wow. Comics are, comics are whack. Yeah. Which one of which one of these manhunters had the dog? Because I think in Millennium they're like, the dog is a robot. <laughs> Yes, that was the uh, the Dan Richards Manhunter. The dog the is one... a robot and it spies on him. Yeah, yeah. He got very upset when he found out. I mean, I would also be upset. I thought you were you know, a completely one, normal dog. That one I can't blame him for. Um, God, R.I.P. Um, so, yeah, so they retcon in... All of this stuff about how both of these men were separately um, approached by evil space robots in disguise, and uh, they didn't know it. So uh, they have the Manhunter stories. He gets drafted into the All-Star Squadron in the 1940s, but the comic comes out in the 80s. Uh, and then, I mean, after his Golden Age series, he is, uh, not really around or used for a long time. Um, and then in the early 70s, um, Archie Goodwin and Walt Simonson on, uh, Detective Comics, uh, are looking for an idea for a backup story. Um, and they want to do something that's kind of like the opposite of Batman. Um, and they, yeah, (laughs) um, they hit on Manhunter as an idea because, uh, he's brightly colored. Batman isn't. Um, he (laughs) kills people. He kills people. Uh, Batman doesn't. He uses weapons, and Batman doesn't. And also, Wait, he kind of, like... Batman uses so many weapons. Okay. Do you mean, he... like, guns? Yes, he... He, he uses <laughs> deadly weapons. He uses like guns. firearms. Yes. 
Meanwhile, um, Bruce is like, I've got my fists, some sticks, some throwing stars. Yeah. Um, and, uh, also they wanted to, like, use, like, tell a story where he would, like, travel, like, around the world, whereas obviously Batman is pretty much in one city constantly. Um, so they, um, they come up with a, a slightly, like, uh, modified design for him. Um, they give him some, uh, some new weapons. They, he has, like, a bunch of, like, shuriken, um, and initially they were gonna, like, have him carrying them, like, on his chest, and then Walt Simonson was like, I did not want to draw a bunch of throwing stars on his chest every single time I drew him. Extremely fair. Um, which, which is extremely fair. And it's not even like they could have done digital where you just have like, okay, now I have a brush. I yeah, have, exactly. I have made myself a brush just for the shuriken. You, you, would, you would have to draw them every time. Individually. Every single time. Or you just Xerox a bunch of throwing stars and just cut them out and paste them on. <laughs> it's like it's weird that these stars are like kind of always at the same angle no matter <laughs> like where he's standing it's like yeah uh, don't worry about it anyways it's like you draw that many throwing stars see if you can do it <laughs> it sucks um they also um so this is after they've, like, established the fact that, um, there's an Earth-1 and an Earth-2, and at this point, I believe they're up to several more Earths than that, but they've established that, like, the Golden Age superheroes all exist on Earth-2, and the current-day superheroes exist on Earth-1. So this was, initially, the idea was that this was, like, a new character who was just also named Paul Kirk, but he wasn't the same as the original Golden Age Paul Kirk because that guy was on Earth 2, and then they just decided to make him the same guy anyways. And then, more confusing, um, around the same time, Jack Kirby writes, like, a standalone Manhunter story, um, with, like, an old guy Manhunter, and implies that this guy is old Paul Kirk, despite the fact that they're currently writing stories with a young Paul Kirk. Um, and then they have to, like, fix all that, like, ten years later and be like, oh yeah, that was, uh, that was another guy a different, an old guy who just called himself Paul Kirk. Um, but he wasn't the same guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that, like, DC has to do all of this when it's just like, people have the same name sometimes. Sometimes people, people just, have the same name. People just have the same name sometimes. Don't worry about it. Um... So the 
storyline behind this like new 70s Manhunter uh, story is that after he was on uh, the All-Star Squadron, um, Paul Kirk gets approached by the government to be a spy. Um, so he, like, is, like, uh, a spy in Europe during World War II. Um, and then after the war ends, he retires from that. He goes back to Africa to, um, hunt animals again. Um, God. But, uh, realizes that he doesn't actually want to hunt animals. Um, but in a, uh, twist of fate, he sees an elephant, he's gonna shoot it, he realizes he doesn't want to shoot it, so he fires his gun into the air, but it startles the elephant, and it, uh, charges him and tramples him and he dies. <laughs> or, he seemingly dies. Um, Honestly, but it turns out that his body, yeah. Would, would serve him right. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's, don't try and shoot elephants. I mean, I guess, like, you know, it's too bad that it happened after he decided not to shoot elephants. But he could have decided that a long time ago. Yeah, like, before he ever shot an elephant. Like, I have never had to get into a situation where I was about to shoot an elephant in order to find out that I do not want to shoot any elephants. Yeah. Weird. Um, in the, uh the 70s series, they established that, um, his body was recovered by a mysterious group, uh, called the Council, um, who are, um, a group of ten people who have, like, uh, trusted themselves with the future of humanity. Um, initially, seemingly for, you know, the better, like, trying to stop crime and, you know, that sort of thing. Um, obviously, they're a mysterious organization called The Council. Um, they are evil. <laughs> the, the, I, that kind of, like, goes without saying. It's, like, one of those, like, one of those, like, supervillain motives where it's, like, oh, you know, humanity is capable of too much destruction and somebody has to keep them in line and we've decided that that's us <laughs> for some reason. Um, so we have to um, keep prevent humanity from, like, like, racing towards its own extinction no matter what the cost. So uh, they find... Paul, Paul Kirk's body, um, they put him in, uh, stasis, and, um, they have their lead scientist clone him to act as their, like, private army, which, th this is, this is not the only, like, comics thing or like the only like comics isn't the only thing that does this either the things that they are impressed with are you know his like 
accomplishments and his like athletic abilities and his like fighting skills and you know his like tracking abilities that's not you're not gonna get a clone that's just automatically as good at fighting and tracking no as this guy because he had to learn those with his brain yeah but you know <laughs> sometimes people just don't don't figure that out until it's too late they're like, ah, oh, this clone's just sort of a guy. We have to teach him all this stuff. Oh no. Um, but uh, they create a whole bunch of clones, just sort of send them out into the world. Uh, and then eventually, after many years, this uh, scientist is actually able to um, heal... Kirk's body and wake him up and bring him back to life. He, uh, that, and then he mysteriously dies, this scientist, just, uh, just before Kirk actually wakes up. That's weird. Um, but the rest of the council is like, hello, we are definitely not doing anything evil. Please come work for us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And Kirk goes, sure, you guys are a, a group of mysterious individuals calling yourselves the Council with a capital C. This seems fine. And they give him, like, new weapons, a new look. He, like, they put him in charge of the army of clones of him, which I have to imagine is a weird feeling. But, uh, he goes through, like, special, like, secret ninja training. He has, like, healing abilities because of, like, his resurrection. And then, uh, eventually he is sent out on a mission where, uh, they're like, okay, we need to, uh, we need to test how loyal he actually is to us. So they send him out to, like, assassinate an Interpol agent, and don't tell him why. They're like, you have to kill this guy because we said so. And Kirk is like, no. Um, tries, refuses to kill the Interpol agent, so they order a bunch of the clones to turn on him and kill him. Um, he fights them off, and then he runs away, realizing that this extremely shady organization was actually kind of bad. Hmm. And, uh, deciding to use his, uh, abilities to fight the council. Um, he meets a, um, a, I think, I think it might be the same Interpol agent he was sent to kill. Um, a woman named Christine St. Clair, who, her father turns out to be on the council and she teams up with him. And then they also, um, the, uh, the man who the council had like training Paul in like ninja stuff. Um, he was also not aware of how bad things were. And they like find out that the, you know, the doctor, who had, like, brought Paul back to life and mysteriously died, was actually killed by the council, 
and this uh what's this guy's name um asano nitobe is the ninja man um he's very sad because like the uh doctor had like rescued him and they were friends um so he also joins up with paul and they all have a bunch of uh thrilling globe-trotting spy adventures where they spend a lot of them just killing a bunch of clones of this one man. Um, what excellent team bonding. Yeah. Hey, can you kill all just, my clones with me? Yeah, we're going on a fun uh, clone, clone killing adventure. Um, I will wear a red hat so that you know which one is me at all times. <laughs> no way this oh, no, could go clones, wrong the clones found out about our red hat plan how will we know which one's the real Paul I got a tattoo a place where the clones will never see it it's on my ass it says kiss my ass clones <laughs> so if you're ever in doubt I will moon you yeah and then you'll know they're like, it wasn't was there not another another way? It's like there was nope. there was no other way. Mm -mm. This was the only way. This was the only way. They wouldn't find out about it, and it's very hard to replicate. This font is trademarked. <laughs> <laughs> um God. Uh in the um the final Manhunter story, um they uh team up with Batman because uh the council has like done they like uh had like a police officer killed who Batman knew and then they also like um like tried to frame Bruce for like the murder of a prime minister. That'll work out well. Yeah, it always works out well. Um so uh Bruce teams up with uh this group to try and stop the council and in the um the final battle Paul Kirk basically sacrifices himself to blow up the council base and destroy them and uh dies and has stayed dead actually surprising um, Surprisingly enough, despite the fact that uh, there was an old guy who l looked like him but was not him, and then there are also um, a bunch of clones still, so they have uh, the rest of his, his group, like, after he dies, just, like, dedicates themselves to, like, finding and uh, getting rid of the remaining clones. How wild would it be if, like, one of the clones was like, no, no, I'm the real guy. They tossed me in a Lazarus pit. I'm back. <laughs> they had to be like, we can't take that chance. <laughs> Show us your ass. <laughs> the Lazarus pit made my body new again. My tattoos are gone. Well, then you should have gone to a tattoo parlor before... <laughs> You presented yourself to us now, shouldn't you? The real Paul Kirk would have thought of that. He would have. He never forgot his tattoo. <laughs> There's uh, one clone 
who uh, kind of goes rogue, um, the last surviving clone, um, he ends up joining um, a, a group called the Power Company, which is like like a, a, a heroes for hire type like organization. It does just kind of sound like they make generic electricity. <laughs> it really does. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's run by, the leader's name is Josiah Power, so it's, like, I guess his company, and then it's also, like, they're superheroes, so they have powers, but it is, it is a little, it is a little bit of a, of a silly name. Um, he go, he go, <laughs> his name is Kirk DePaul. Ah, uh, yes. I, yes, I'm... <laughs> Presumably I must reinvent he myself. To call himself that. <laughs> I I am I am not Paul Kirk. I am a clone of Paul Kirk. I must reinvent myself. I'm going a new way. Kirk to Paul. <laughs> Listen, they didn't. I wasn't cloned with a lot of creativity. Could have picked anything. Could have gone through the phone book and been all like, "Hmm, alabaster." Flip a couple pages. Adams. I'm Alabaster <laughs> Adams now. I didn't look very far through the, through the it's, phone it's book. A big I kind book. of opened it in the A's and ended up in a couple pages ahead in the A's. And yeah. But you know, Alabaster Adams has a nice ring to it. It's a pretty good name. Um, so he joins uh, the power company as Manhunter. Can't even be like Hunter Man if he went Hunter Man. Kirk DePaul, Hunter DeMann. Hunter DeMann. I'm Hunter DeMann. <laughs> In this Hunter DeMann sounds like just like a, a a name, not like a superhero name, just like a guy's name. <laughs> so he's like, I'm Hunter DeMann. They're like, your name's Hunter DeMann? He's like, no, no, my name is Kirk DePaul. My superhero <laughs> title is Hunter Demand. It also kind of sounds like he's doing a bad Italian accent. I hunt a demand. <laughs> I hunt a demand. <laughs> um, God, he um he has like a run in with Nightwing at one point before he joins the Power Company, I think, and then uh while he's on the team, um. Paul Kirk's former associates, like, track him down as, like, the last clone, and then they realize that he's like, oh, he's not evil. It's fine. Let's go. <laughs> he's not evil, and he's not calling himself Paul Kirk. We're all good here. We're all fine. Um, he is, um, killed by another Manhunter, Mark Shaw, who's no. the one who, the old... Paul Kirk, like, gave the costume to, um, and he also, I think we mentioned this briefly while we were talking about Kate, he has a thing where he has, like, a secret, like, evil, like, personality that he doesn't know about, but sometimes he just goes evil, um, you know, like, happens in real life. Yeah. Um. Totally. But he, um, he kills Kirk to Paul. And then it's implied that he is 
resurrected by um, Morgan Le Fay for reasons uh, I cannot uh, fathom. He's like, but he like shows up. He's going by Swashbuckler. It's like written by Kurt Busiek, who also wrote Power Company, and he never actually says that it is Manhunter, but he said in an interview at one point that it was a pre-existing character. Um, but all of this was like pre-New 52, so who knows whether any of that actually happened or mattered. Um, I love the point in like every episode where like we get to say, who knows if this matters anymore? <laughs> it happened, but did it? But did it? Who can say? Um, there's also another, um, another clone who, uh, established, a, like, a supervillain team called the Secret Society of Supervillains, and then, um, got, uh, killed by Darkseid. Okay. D- way out of left field would not have guessed that the end of that sentence was Darkseid. You know? Sometimes it happens. Surprise dark side. Like, there's a whole team of people running around killing clones of this guy. But nope. Nope. Dark side. Dark side, baby. But yeah, that's, uh... At this point, presumably, there are no more Paul Kirks or clones of Paul Kirk. Um, but you never know. At, at any moment, they could be like, oh, we found another clone out there. This one was living in New Orleans, just chilling, yeah. not evil or was, anything. Yeah, he was just vibing. Um, we kind of just left him there. Like, he learned how to play the trumpet. It was actually pretty cool. Yeah, he's really good at it, actually. Maybe the original should have uh, gotten into that instead of hunting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, um, that's, that's a, a brief history of Paul Kirk. Um, did you have anything else to add or to discuss? God, no, it, I, I love that this was an episode about Paul Kirk, but it really did feel like a roundup. There was so much happening. There's, there's a bunch of other guys. Just, (laughs) the, the, the thing is, Paul Kirk has been multiple different people. As it turns out, there's him, and then there's the guy that um, Jack Kirby came up with that was supposed to be a new guy, but then they decided it was him. Um, and then there was the 70s version that was supposed to be a new guy, but they decided was the same guy. Uh, and then there were a bunch of clones of him, and then there was uh, an old guy who was seemingly the same guy, but actually was a different guy. <laughs> You know, uh, comics. Comic stuff. It's so much. I don't even know how I'm gonna do the episode art for this one. Um, good luck. Thank you. I have not read any comics. I also haven't. Um, despite the fact that I was on vacation last week, but I spent all of my, uh, reading time reading... Stephen Sondheim's Finishing the Hat, 
um, because I was having a lot of emotions. Um, Fair. Yeah. So I don't have any comics. I think there's new Human Target out. I got to read that. The trailer for not not even the trailer exactly. A a brief teaser for Spider Man Two, a Spider Verse Two. Um, Spider Spider Man Two, starring Tobey Maguire. I don't know if you guys have seen this. <laughs> um, Into the Spider Verse Two, Across the Spider Verse Part One. <laughs> um, came out extremely excited. Obviously, Hawkeye is also out, and I have not watched it yet. <laughs> I I also still have not watched Hawkeye. But uh, yeah, that's um. That's all I got, I think. We, I, I feel like I'm probably forgetting something, but that's fine. Um, if you want to keep up with us, with our episodes, we are online. We have Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, Facebook. Is that all of them? Probably. It's, it's been, it's been a long day. Hi, it's been a long day. Um, you can find all those at Capes and Japes. Uh, we have an email address that's capesandjapes at gmail.com. If you want to send us anything there, uh, we have a Discord server, as mentioned, um, where you can come and hang out with us. It's a fun time. We have a Patreon. If you want to support us there, you can, um, uh, you can get bonus episodes. Watch stuff, help us pick what we talk about. If you can't support us on Patreon, but you want to help out the show, leaving a rating and review is a way to do that, and we will uh, thank you on an episode. Um, Telling a friend about the show, if you think they would be interested, and um, just, just coming back and joining us, as you have done once again. So thank you for being here for today's episode of Capes and Japes. I have been Olivia. And I have been Briar. And as always, kiss me sexy Batman. Kiss me sexy Batman. Oh.